This is Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I'm your host, Al. With me, as always, the lovely Desi. How are you doing tonight, Desi? Doing good. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Just coming on the end of a long weekend, so I feel tired. I don't know. <laughs> we did a lot today. So, lovely. I think you called me lovely last time, too. Probably. Is this your way of just keeping the peace? No. Okay. Why would it be my way of keeping the peace? I have no idea. I don't Like know. you said, long weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and we have to go back to work tomorrow. Yuck. Yay. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, we are Boy, here. Boy, you really know how to bring it down, don't you? We are here to bring fun and entertaining stories to the world, right? Yeah, I'm so excited now thinking about going to work tomorrow. Well, don't think about it. Instead, think about what your first story is. Okay. I can do that. All right. I'm thinking about it. Okay, well, you have to kind of tell us about it, too. It's, you, you said know, a think. podcast. You said think. audio thing, you know. Oh, audio. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, you're recording these? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God. I thought we were just having conversations. <laughs> I thought you just liked to like talking to a microphone. I, I like to pretend I'm rich and famous. Whoa. Yeah. Rich and famous people just talking to microphones. I don't know if I'd want to be famous, though. Rich and famous people just talking to microphones? I have to be rich and famous for something, Alan. Okay. <laughs> I could be the next Howard Stern. You could be. Yeah, no. Not really <laughs> a job career I want to head towards. Okay, so anyways, my first story is it comes from 2014. Okay. But this is something that still happens nowadays and long prior um, but whirling flames, how fire tornadoes work. Cool. So I know they're out there, but I didn't realize how more, a little bit more serious they are. Mm -hmm. I've heard of them, but I don't really know anything about them. Apparently they're not rare. Really? So it kind of surprised me when I read that part of it. Like what? Mm -hmm. I've heard of them, but I didn't realize... That they're there more than yeah. we think. So um, these are also known as fire devils, fire tornadoes, or fire nados. Hmm. So cool. They're a lot more common than the sharknado, which doesn't really exist. I just had to no. throw that out there. <laughs> I think they mentioned it in the story somewhere to kind of be funny, so I had to too. Um, so the fire tornado isn't really a tornado at all. A true tornado is formed with the three key elements, as we all know, with like the warm front, cold front. Mm -hmm. They collide, get some winds going, boom, you got yourself a tornado. Yeah. Not so much the case for a fire tornado. Okay. How um, is a fire tornado created? It's, they're not really formed by conditions of the atmosphere. Okay. It's usually like high, dry air rising rapidly from the ground. So like. A wildfire, you okay. see these. Yeah. Um, it's a hot summer day and somebody's even on a control burn. Something mm. like this could happen too. Mm -hmm. So they are more common with whirlwinds or dust devils, um, which typically form on hot summer days when the ground heats up the air nearby. So um, it forms vertical columns or chimneys 
until it becomes less dense, cool, and then dissipates at higher altitudes. So okay. um, California, you see these a lot yeah. with, with this. Um, I didn't realize how... deadly they were or how okay. much force was behind them either because i was kind of going through this and i'm like ew it picked up a house and threw it holy even- cow yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean when you mentioned dust devil i had a very like it brought me back to my childhood and remember seeing this like what i thought was a tornado and it was you know just a little you know thing going down the street <laughs> but yep um dust devil but i can't imagine one being on fire like that's crazy. Well, they have videos on the link that will be provided with this article that you can look at. And they okay. go into the air quite high. It could be at least the size two, three-story building. Holy cow. So, like, that's, like, almost like a and tornado. They, <laughs> and they start from the ground and they go up. So, it's a little bit of an opposite effect. Yeah. But you can watch it. Um, they do only last a few minutes, which really surprises me on how powerful they are. Mm-hmm. Um, nonetheless, they can be extremely dangerous, um, reaching temperatures of 2000 degrees Ooh. Fahrenheit or 1093 degrees Celsius, um, in a fire tornado and they move quickly and maybe it's cause they're very short lived or mm. I, or high winds or I have no clue. Um, they can cut a swath of destruction, um, distance in just seconds and spread fire across the wide area so that's the other thing that's deadly about them is it's a fire tornado so So it's starting fires it's starting fire so you already have a wildfire out of control now you have this fire tornado and it's picked up all this fire that it's whirling Mm -hmm. in its wind and dragging it with it so definitely starting everything in its path on fire because 2000 degrees fahrenheit could you only imagine yeah everything's gonna light on fire at 2000 oh for sure for sure um so in california the department of forestry and fire protective protection jumped a fire break they lifted it lifted an all-terrain vehicle off the ground and smashed it into an suv crushing parts of the suv and injuring a crew member um in 1926 a series of tornadoes were spawned after lightning struck a union oil company um tank near san luis Abyssal. Wow, you knew that. California, I almost slaughtered that. <laughs> Didn't have to. Uh, this resulting in fire burned for five days. One fire whirl traveled eastward and struck a home, lifting it into the air and carrying it across the field until it dropped. Oh, so it God. destroyed the house and also killing the two people inside. Oh, it's insane. And the most famous for... The fire natos is the firestorm of, I'm going to say this wrong, even though it's in Wisconsin, Peshtigo. Yeah, no idea. Peshtigo. I think that's how it said. Perhaps the worst series of fire natos on record occurred during a wildfire that swept across Wisconsin or Peshtigo, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. and the surrounding area in 1871, fed by hot fire dry winds and probably ignited by slash and burn so it was control burning okay but it still but caused, it still caused it yeah caused it and it wasn't um, so controlled after that i'm sure no 
So the wildfire moving as fast as 100 miles per hour swept into town and set one of the town's several lumber yards aflame. So you could only imagine. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> Talk but, about your business going up in smoke. <laughs> <laughs> but this had resulted, the firestorm had caused mind-boggling damage, railroad cars, houses, commercial buildings. When was this again, did you say? Uh, 1871. You okay. I'm sure the equipment wasn't that great to stop a fire at that point either. Nope. And it was 100, or 100. 1.5 million acres were Holy cow. Just by fire natos. Wow. So. I bet they have a lot of signs in that area, you know, remember the historic fire I of blah, blah, blah. think. Because we see that. Oh, yeah. Know, like down in Moose Lake, the fire mm-hmm. of, of 1918, um, for sure. But I can guarantee it's stuff like that where Smokey the Bear came in play. Yeah. And now we have low, high. Yep. So if it's a high, we don't burn. You don't burn at all. Yeah. We burned last night in our backyard. But it wasn't windy out. No, it wasn't. And it so just rained. Could. And it just rained. And it rained afterwards, too. Yep. Even though I took the hose to it and I watered that baby <laughs> down. And then it rained. And I'm like, hmm, guess I didn't really need to do that. Now, did I? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we didn't have a fire NATO in the backyard. That would be scary. Yeah, I don't think we had the right conditions for no, a fire I'm, NATO. I'm sure not. But I'm sure not. Especially since it was in a controlled burn pit. Well, mm-hmm. it wasn't a pit, but it, it's a place for the it's fire. An elevated spot to make a fire built out of. It's like a cement. grill. It's yeah, kind of with a chimney and. Yep, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Kind of cute little fire pit. Mm-hmm. I keep calling it a fire pit. It's not in the ground, but it's cute. Yep, it is. It is. It is. I hope we use it more this year. I do too. All right. My first story. Do not be a downer. It's not a downer. Thank God. My first story is, I don't know if I really have a downer story tonight. Thank goodness. Woohoo! <laughs> I might. Aww. It's possible. But anyway, my first story. Um, You know, I'm sure you know. Uh, Dasher and the Dabster tale, and Prancer and Vixen. Are familiar with the either the comic strip or the cartoon. <laughs> I was going to say Comet and Cumit. <laughs> or, or the movies, um, Dennis the Menace, correct? Yes, Dennis the Menace. Okay, okay. Well, Dennis the Menace first uh, appeared um, in March of 1951. Okay. It was a, a cartoon comic strip, strip called Dennis the Menace. It was syndicated across 16 newspapers at first about a little boy in Wichita, Kansas, Dennis Mitchell. Uh, he is five years old, or five and a half, excuse me. And he's uh, quite a helpful soul, uh, but his plans usually wind up in catastrophe <laughs> and mayhem. <laughs> And um, leaving his poor harassed neighbor, neighbor, Mr. Wilson, usually to clean up the mess. Mr. Wilson. That's how I remember Dennis the Menace. But he was trying to just be helpful. Yes, yes. This uh, uh, Dennis Menace was created by Hank Ketchum. Hank had a four-year-old son named Dennis, <laughs> and that kind of inspired him to write the, the comic strip. Because his son was a menace? Yes, there is even in bold print... Your son is a menace in the story. (laughs) That's funny. The interesting part about this story. Now, remember, this was March of 1951. Okay. In March of 1951, the Bano comic, a staple of British childhood since 1938, began their new cartoon series called 
Dennis the Menace. Their Dennis is a little older and kind of a badass Mm. and is just as popular there as our Dennis the Menace is here. So but I had never heard of him. Started Dennis the Menace. They were both started the same month, the same year, by two completely different authors who'd never spoke. So, so it's not just related it's just or... a coincidence That's crazy. that they both created stories. They're not. I mean, the the British version of Dennis the Menace. He doesn't have a Mister Wilson. He spends his uh, most of his time fighting against what the heck did they call them? Um had this too it makes you wonder if there was like some article worldwide known something that was so minute and it triggered something yeah and maybe maybe that's kind of what it is like i said the the dennis the menace in uh in england was uh, a little older um they kind of it was kind of a styled after uh, or styled like sid vicious if you know who that is not really. There's kind of a picture Sounds of both familiar. of them here uh, kind of next to each so other. So this is almost so. like the Simpsons where there was a Simpsons family before the Simpsons and nobody seems to remember them but me, but they seem to be eviler. Hmm. I have no idea. I just felt like we said our town re- like other people would say it if they've never seen it before. <laughs> 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 oh, funny, 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 but funny. there was... Oh, I can't even remember what the name of the family was, but I just remember it was like a preview cartoon show and this dog kept peeing in the house. Hmm. And they looked just like the symptoms, Simpsons, (laughs) Simpsons, except they were more rough around the edges looking. I don't know how to explain it, but they were out before the Simpsons. Yeah. But I I want, I don't know. I've even found them on Google. Oh no! I'm gonna. Have I to finally bring found it up. the word I was looking for. They, the um, Dennis the Menace of England would uh, his. He was in a constant battle of what they called the softies. So the, the softies. That's what the yeah. The, um, they were kind of the nice people who oh. followed the rules and did what they were supposed to. The do. squares. Yeah, they called them the softies. Oh. I just thought that was really cool that Dennis the Menace kind of created. By two completely different people in two completely different countries, similar story. I mean, not exactly the same, but very similar. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. So, sorry, I'm following Izzy around. Like her bed's back there in the corner. I don't think she was looking for her bed. But now she has found it. <laughs> <laughs> and now she is laying in it. Yes. So. Gotta be with mom and dad. She does. She does. We even left the gate open for her. Mm-hmm. So my next story is something that everyone knows the story or has heard the story, but nobody knows what happened. Okay. If what went down or what we think went down actually went down, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, who is the babushka lady at JFK's assassination? Mm. Have you ever heard of babushka lady? I have. I know very little about it. At one point in my life, I probably knew a lot more about it when I was really into the assassination. I don't think we even know but, much about that, though. Just no, but even I've, I've, from I've, the article I I've have I've definitely here. heard of the babushka lady before. 
But I don't know anything about her, I guess. So, um, the day of the assassination. Mm-hmm. Um, November 23rd, 1963. Wow, this article even says the 22nd, and I know it's the 23rd. It's the 22nd. No, Maybe it's on my wrong. dad's birthday. Okay. So, um, so the hours, days following the assassination... Um, of JFK, investigators would rely heavily on statements by spectators, um, even more important evidence from people who are filming or photographing or photographing the mm-hmm. event because or it became a priority. Mm-hmm. So they tried to collect everybody's everything because, as we all know, nobody knows yes. where the shots actually you came had from. To, you had they needed as much information as possible, and mm-hmm. they were trying to collect evidence or see if they could find something in a picture somewhere mm-hmm. or in a film or something. Yeah, so, makes sense. Um, so once the movies and the films were developed, law enforcement used uh, the, the sequence images to try to piece together exactly what happened. As we know, that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, there was one mysterious bystander who um, was caught on camera close to the motorcade procession. And they dubbed her as the babushka lady. Okay. So what kind of made her stand out was after shots had been fired, mm-hmm. everybody's trying to either take cover, they're oh, yeah, running. She, she didn't. I, this is where she I didn't. remember she's her from. She's standing. Yep. She's just standing there like she's still, either she's got binoculars and she's like, what the heck's going on here? Or she's filming or she's, but they can't tell mm-hmm. because of all the angles of the other cameras that are coming in, they can't really tell what exactly they're doing, but they're assuming, they're hoping, more or less, I would say they're hoping Mm -hmm. she was taking pictures Mm -hmm. because she's the only person that's still standing as all these policemen Mm -hmm. are running. They're running. Because there's a picture of that. She's just standing there. All the other bystanders, except for authorities, are on the ground. She's not. Mm -hmm. And police officers are running. So they never really... Figured out who she was or anything. Um, fast forward, 1970, this Beverly Oliver claimed she was the Bushka lady. Okay. But the camera that she said she had turned into evidence, because she was like, no, I gave you my camera. Mm-hmm. They said the model and the make that she gave them was or was after, made after <laughs> the event. So it obviously couldn't have been. So they don't know for sure if this lady... Just maybe didn't remember, and maybe it was her, but they were saying that she would have been 17 at the time of this. Well, the picture that they have, they're assuming the lady is older than she is, but... Mm, could be, could not. Never know. Never know. Never know. So, But you also know there are people out there who are going to portray themselves oh, as yes. this person, of and course. they're a fake. Of course. There's people who portray themselves they as want that just about anybody. They want that 15 minutes of fame. That little bit of fame. Like, that was me. I was standing there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. There are so many ins and outs to that assassination. I had never heard of the babushka and lady, so I had to bring that in because I was like, yeah. whoa. And like I said, I've heard, I've heard, I, I used to be super duper, like, I watched every documentary I could get my hands on, read a bunch of books, and I came out thinking, you know, I really don't know, of course, but maybe it was just Oswald from the book depository. Maybe. You know? Like, what turned me was watching, um, uh, I remember if it was Penn Penn and Teller and Mythbusters that pulled off the shot. And um, and I heard my whole entire life how the shot was impossible. 
and they pulled off the shot easily. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's not so hard. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? All right, my next one, I have... I, the reason I brought the story is I really want your opinion on it. My opinion? Yeah, I don't know why. Why I just, would you want my opinion? I want somebody's opinion. opinion on this. But first of all, um, are you familiar with um, apps or websites like um, Grubhub? It's kind of a food delivery app. Izzy's trying to join the conversation. That was a snooty <laughs> attitude. She's like, no, why would I? <laughs> no, say no, Izzy. No, I don't know the app. Well, there's these apps like Grubhub and DoorDash where they, they're they kind of almost like an Uber for food delivery. We don't have it here because we're not in a you know populated enough area to have drivers working for these companies. Right. Uh, they would make enough because there's not enough people. But in larger cities, these are really popular, especially now. You know, yeah. Everybody's having their food delivered. And like a lot of these apps, they don't partner. Necess- Sometimes they partner with the restaurants, but a lot of times it's just, you know, you you know we're going to advertise your restaurant on our website and then they just go and buy it and bring it to you and they don't have any affiliation with the restaurant. Well, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, a lady named uh, Kendall Neff, she wanted some pizza. Pizza. Some pizza. So she logged on to Grubhub and her whole thing was she wanted to find a local pizza chain, pizza joint. She didn't want to go to a chain. She wants to support you know. Uh, you know, small town business, small business, you know, locally owned. Okay. So she finds this on Grubhub. She finds this pizza place called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. Okay. She's like, well, I've never heard of Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. This sounds good. I'll get some pizza and wings. She orders her pizza and wings, comes and she starts eating it. And it's not bad, but she recognizes the flavor. Okay. And she dubs. Think, she thinks about <laughs> it for a while. And she realizes this is Chuck E. Cheese. What? Chuck E. Cheese pizza. So she tries again just to double check. Turns out, yeah. Chuck E. Cheese to try to sell to a higher end crowd through delivery services advertises as Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. Here, I thought so it was adults, the delivery service was just being so like, hey. Adults will order more food for delivery. <laughs> cheese pizza isn't even, I mean, it's not bad. It's not, it's not the worst. worst. No, pizza. we've definitely had worse. <laughs> it's no CC's. But it's but. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not CC's. And I'm, I love, pizza is my favorite food. It is really hard for me to not like a pizza. And, oh my God, CC's is horrible. It's tomato paste. And on, cardboard. Yeah. <laughs> With very minute cheese and yeah. toppings. Um, but Ish. it turns out there's there's a number of restaurants doing this. Um, it's kind of become popular very recently that if you have a, you they'll have one brand name and you know for their store, and then if they want to try to catch a different crowd through delivery, they just change the name through the delivery services. And I thought I that's don't know. bad. That's what I, I didn't like it. I would I did. I would be irate because odds are there because if you're trying to target adults, you're jacking the prices up too. Oh, of course, of course, the prices were more expensive. Definitely, that's horrible. That ethically is wrong, now, in my opinion. Some rep- a reporter did you know contact Chuck E. Cheese and try to get the you know get them to talk about it, and they just said, yeah, you know, it's uh, Pasquale's Pizza and Wings is a subsidiary of 
you know, Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> you know, uh, and it turns out I'm not a big Chuck E. Cheese lore fan boy. So I didn't know that Pasquale is the name of the chef at Chuck E. Cheese, like the animal chef, whatever kind of animal it is. <laughs> Isn't I didn't it know a that. bird? Maybe it's a bird. I, I really have no idea. I thought it was a, I could but be wrong. According to Chuck E. Cheese, they weren't attempting to trick anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just uh-huh. It's just that the two share the same kitchen space. Pasquale <laughs> Pizza, DBA Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese, let's just say it, people. You know if they called it Chuck E. Cheese, they would not get the delivery orders because nobody's going to order a delivery from Chuck E. Cheese. You go to Chuck E. Cheese so the kids can play the games or I can play the games. <laughs> You don't go there for the pizza. You go there for you the birthday parties, though, too. Well, yeah, but like nobody's going to order delivery from Chuck E. Cheese. No. Which is why they need Oh, the I might for the wings. Maybe. 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 So, yeah, that's crazy. Ethically wrong, yeah. in my opinion. But, hey. Well, I'm just going to kill it. <laughs> Uh-oh. Actually, it's kind of interesting, but... It's all on your perspective on this, I guess. Okay. Have you ever heard of Neptune Memorial Reef? No. So it was created by Kim Brandel, and it's located three miles off the coast of Key Biscayne. I'm saying that wrong. It's in Florida. Okay. It's where the ashes of the deceased are cast into memorials that extend across 16 acres of artificial reef. A reef of ashes. Well, kind of, yes. Yes. Oh, that's creepy. So it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was at first, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, this is kind of cool. I would never want my ashes there. Hmm. I mean, I don't really care where my ashes go, but I just, just being somebody alive, I thought it was creepy. But maybe it's okay, I guess. So, well, it's the largest man-made reef ever conceived. Okay. Conceived, so... um. And that was the wrong spot. I was supposed to emphasize a word like that. <laughs> but Neptune Memorial Reef Project is environmentally sound and meets the strict guidelines and permitting of the EPA, DERM, and NOAA, N-O-A-A. C-D-F-G-L-M-N-O-P. Q-P. <laughs> so, um... Florida Fish and Wildlife and the Army Corps of Engineers. So it's backed, even though we're dumping, yeah. we're not dumping dead bodies. They're very eco-friendly with it and doing it in a very it eco-friendly is. way. And it's actually um, how Neptune states is the cremated remains help create life after life. Okay. So more or less yeah. is, is one of the benefits from this is... There were there was no marine marine life in mm-hmm. this area, and after this had been placed there, now there's thousands of fish and marine life everywhere. Okay, so it was kind of environmental friendly, I guess, is a way to put I it. Can, I can see that. I can see that. You're creating a place for fish to go because mm-hmm. a reef is also for like the little fish. Yep. Oh yeah, they're very, where very they important. hide from their predators. Bigger, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So this is actually a good thing. But um, there's a few different stages they have, and they have completed the first stage, which is an artistic 
representation of the lost city of Atlantis. Cool. So it's 40 feet under the sea, and the structures have produced a marine habitat um, to promote coral and marine organisms' growth while uh, creating the ultimate green uh, burial opportunity. Okay. So... um. More or less what happens is you're cremated mm-hmm. and then they mix you into cement and okay. you are you can choose to be a seashell, a starfish. Well, that's kind of cool. Like they have a few different options. You can go to their website and take a look to see what that's they have. That's kind of cool. It's not like they're just dumping your ashes on the beach. I no, get it, you know? no. Well, it's okay. three miles yeah, off of the shore. I know. It's free to go there. Really? So anyone can go visit this place. You just have to have a scuba, yeah, scuba gear, and you probably want to know how How to to use the equipment properly. Um, and people who have always wanted to be buried at sea at some point, you no longer could be buried at sea, but this Mm -hmm. now makes it possible. And you have, you always have your loved ones who are like, "No, I can never visit them there." Well, you can divide up. Ashes. Yeah, it's ashes. You can divide them up. So, you know, okay, my initial reaction was it's kind of creepy and weird. And then I started thinking, and it's like, what's the difference between putting them in the ground people, and put them in the sea? What's the difference? How many there isn't. people live in water? They live, they, yeah. they are cap- they, want. they yep. own boats, they are captains of ships, and mm-hmm. this is what they do for a living Gives because the their opportunity heart to, is to in do the that. ocean. No, I, I, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, yes, yes. I thought this was kind of cool. At first, I was like, what? <laughs> Weird. But the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? This makes a lot of sense. So, I thought it was kind of cool. You can definitely go check it out. And if it's something that your heart desires, you can definitely look into it. They have prices and everything on there. Because... Mm-hmm. If you feel your family doesn't want to do it, at least you can get that will going now. Yep. Get it in there. Get it in there. <laughs> Pay for your stuff. Don't have to worry about them doing it. So Exactly. That's cool. So I thought it was kind of cool. A little like different. That. little unique. It's the yeah. first cemetery that intentionally was created for this purpose. Yeah. That's underwater. Cool. So. Cool, cool, cool. Well, my final story. Your final story. My final story. It. Kind of relates a little bit to my last story. We're going to talk about, you know. Another downer? My last story wasn't a downer. <laughs> it was Chuck E. Cheese and pizza. I mean, I guess I it know, was there I just screwing had people to, over, but anyway. I, I, had to, I had to, like, make it so it didn't seem like I was the downer talking about death and My last buried. story comes from Portland, Oregon. Oh, no. I'm it's another kidding. very recent <laughs> thing. Um, the uh, governor of Oregon, you know, had a mandate. No restaurants and bars to be open unless you're doing takeout food. Most of the West Coast yeah. is I mean, like we're that. that. We're like that here. Under <laughs> so very few few states. Well, not few, but it's like half and half. Yeah, I know. But, but all of the West Coast is like that. Um, when this happened, um, uh, Sean Bolden, he's a business owner. He owns the Lucky Devil Lounge in Portland, Oregon. It's a strip club. Oh. He's like, uh-oh, what are we going to do? So, take out. <laughs> he started. He, he started another business and gave all of his employees a chance to work for his new business, Boober Eats. 
<laughs> instead of Uber Eats. It's a food delivery service. They went or they drive around to local restaurants and they'll deliver your food dressed the way they dress at the strip club. <laughs> I would not. If I was a stripper, if I ever was a stripper, I would not want to wear that outfit delivering food for no, all of the pl- public to I'm sure sh- they, they weren't quite outfitted I'm sure in um exactly how they would be on stage but they're definitely dressed with less clothing than a normal person would be though. I would be embarrassed like what if a kid saw me I don't know This is why I was never a stripper but yeah from uh, 7 uh, p.m. to 1 a.m. Boober Eats offers a full menu from the Lucky Devil Lounge at the 7 p.m. to 1 a.m. 1 a.m. Okay, most kids are probably sleeping or should be in bed at that time. Okay, may- maybe not at 7 a.m. And delivery rates are generally about $30 just for the delivery, not including the food. Um depending oh my on the God. depending on the distance from the lounge. But they found a way to stay in business. I said last week, I, I really, I really enjoy people f- who find creative ways to deal with this situation. So, kind of like the, them. I kind of like the fact that it's seven p.m. to one a.m. So kids are not seeing this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Like I like, I don't know if you saw my post on Facebook today. I got a kick out of the priest who was doing a baptism with a squirt gun. With the so squirt gun, so the pink can, little gun. Because awesome. I'm assuming it was a little girl they were holding up and they were squirting. Yep. That's awesome. You know, instead of coming close and touching people, just use a squirt gun. Gotta get creative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you thought we were creative, you could always let us know. I'm not creative. Bye. Okay, I'm I'm definitely the most creative one here. You could send an email to outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Or come to our Facebook page at Outlandish Outcast Podcast and leave a comment, like us, and share, share, share. We got a little more creative on Twitter with Outlandish Casts. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get creative. It we just, just wasn't didn't available. get what we yeah. wanted. <laughs> it oh. happens. It happens. Yeah. Or you can come to Instagram and at Outlandish Outcast, and you can definitely follow us there. Yes, and if you are, whatever app or site you are listening, I was going to say watching. If you're watching this, that's really boring. <laughs> However, <laughs> wherever you're listening screen. to this episode, uh, give us a rating, give us a review. It will help us a lot in the download section. That would almost be like Polkar Geist, isn't that? Where it is a big black screen, but you're hearing voices coming out of it. I don't remember. Poker guys with the little blonde haired girl from yeah, the Yeah, I 80s. know. I saw it in the 80s. Isn't that <laughs> it's the a name long of the time movie? Ago. Yes, that's the name okay, of the movie. Okay, that's what I was asking. Okay, that is the name. They're here. Yep. And then the next one was their back. I don't. Poltergeist I didn't two. watch any of them. There were only three of them. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, if uh, since you're now done listening to this, go watch Poltergeist. Have a great week, everybody. Bye. Bye.